0: Look at that. The Pistons up three on the Jazz right now. This
1: could be the only game they win in the next 15 games. So this is the one for them. There's nine Utah Jazz players out tonight, yeah. including Laurie Markkanen. They made the Detroit Pistons a one-and-a-half-point favorite, shockingly. And I, I personally think the Jazz still win this game.
2: I bet the Pistons. so I hope they don't. Second night of a back-to-back for the Jazz, who screwed me last night. So, yeah, you're right. The Jazz will win this game, mm-hmm. but I, I would not, taco on that one and I took the Pistons I said this this is the night this is the night if they're really- gonna win another game this season it's gonna be tonight and then I took some uh, Orlando magic eight and a half against the Bucks that went from seven and a half to eight and a half and so I had to grab a little Orlando we could talk about that later though.
0: we got plenty of time 40 minutes till that starts it's just crazy to think we're talking about the Pistons and them winning five games this year I mean their win total was at nine and a half and you look at that and go I can't find 10 wins no. on their schedule this year they're that bad of a team But their win total was nine and a half? It was down. There there was a nine and a half win total out there for a while, yeah. For the year? For the season. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So the Lions' updated win total was higher than the Pistons. Yes. Yes.
0: Honest yes. There's a lot of Hashtag NFL teams, teams that have league, that. Man, Hashtag wow. this league. Hashtag the ultimate tank. I mean, I'd say they're tanking, half? but they're not tanking. They're just really, really bad. That would be the worst team in league history, I believe. Uh, Well, yeah, the worst record. The worst <laughs> amount of wins was 10. The worst, <laughs> yeah. the worst winning percentage was the Bobcats in one of those lockout shortened seasons where they won, like, eight games or something, I think is what it was. Yeah. They had a well-over winning percentage, but, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, the Pistons may, they may just surpass all of that. So, James Coe jumps on with us, Reception Perception Podcast in his usual spot. How are you, my friend? Every Thursday, the lights look good behind you. Everything's set, <laughs> pristine, ready to go. You know... Don't gas him up. Listen, (laughs) I I very much appreciate people's home studios when they take care of their backdrops and it looks good. Because when people don't pay attention to details, it drives me insane. So you, sir, I will compliment it every single week. It's very good. That being said, I feel like this game could actually be at least semi-good. We joke a lot, right, about these Thursday night games, short week. There's a lot of questions about who's going to do what, who's going to be prepared, who's not. At least from an individual player perspective, whether you're looking at it for fantasy in the playoffs right now or the props market, we got a lot of guys that have at least the potential to put up some serious numbers tonight.
3: Yeah, it's a really good, uh, interesting matchup, certainly between two teams that, uh, again, defensively have been a little bit up and down. The Saints, I think, have been known really for for so many years to be a run-stopping unit, and really over the last two months that's just not been the case. Meanwhile, the Saints, of course, on their offensive line, a bunch of injuries up and down the board. Not great when you're looking at Aaron Donald across the way, so he could be a little bit of a game record, but could have some trickle-down effect on Alvin Kamara too. I think he's going to have a pretty big receiving day.
1: What about the the emergence of Kyron Williams? How do you think he gets used here? I mean, he's been, his running prop, I think, or a rushing prop earlier this week was like 88 and a half. It's now 91 and a half. We had Mike Dettelier, the coach himself, on from New Orleans last night. He thinks they're going to be able to shut a Kyron Williams down like they did Saquon Barkley. I am dubious, James. I think he could get busy <laughs> in the receiving game and the rushing game. Uh, what do you see in this matchup?
3: Yeah, it's, it is interesting because, again, I think the Saints rush defense has a little bit more, you know, they've been great historically, but over the last two months, they really have not been good. And as a matter of fact, I've seen the player prop rushing prop for Kyron uh, drop down to 87 and a half in some spots there. And I love that number. Look, he's been over 87 and a half in five straight games. He's had 110 plus rushing yards in four of his last five. Now we talk about the saints rush defense. And again, when we're talking about, you know, again, historically have been just fantastic, but over the last, you know, again, two months, this is a, a unit that's been giving up a lot of production. They're, fourth worst in explosive run rate their bottom 10 uh, when we're talking about yards per carry yards after carry yards before carry bottom 10 in all of those categories and, and again meanwhile Kyron Williams uh, has been running really really hard I think what I've been most impressed by, guys, is the fact that Sean McVay has changed up his run scheme entirely. I mean, it used to be exclusively outside zone run scheme. Right now, they're running a lot of gap. I mean, they're running between the tackles, and they're running really, really hard, and I think Kyron Williams has really benefited. I'd be, again, I would be surprised if he was under 90 rush yards this game.
2: Oh, yeah. James, uh, the last three games, Cooper Cup's kind of went back to being Cooper Cup. Uh, he's had at least eight targets. He's had a touchdown in each game. What are you looking at with him tonight? Because obviously, this is a really good matchup for tight ends for Higby going against the Saints, but slot receivers, too. And Cup's lined up in the slot on two thirds of his routes. So I expect him uh, to probably have a big game along with the tight ends for the Rams tonight, too.
3: Yeah, listen, the Saints have been extremely stingy on outside wide receivers, and as a result, it's created a little bit of a pass funnel to the inside, to where? Tight ends and slot receivers, as you guys mentioned. Uh, I look at Cooper Cup over five and a half receptions, and I just love that line, man. Five and a half receptions for Cooper Cup. Listen, he has he's had eight, eight, and six receptions over his last three games. M- like I said, much easier matchup in the slot. It's a funnel down there anyways, and Cooper Cup and Stafford have been, again, reigniting that bromance guy so i love cooper cup over five and a half today
0: james i hear a rumor that you've been doing a deep dive into uh jets commanders this weekend which first off <laughs> you're doing god's work by even <laughs> taking the time to look at something like that secondly as a commanders fan myself yeah. i'm praying it's a loss because we don't need wins anymore at this point in the season i feel like this is a good spot for garrett wilson to go off considering Washington's secondary is just a slump buster for everybody's offense do you like him this weekend
3: I do I like Garrett Wilson a lot Uh, again when we take a look at his numbers across the board it's just look you talk about a slump buster it's funny right because it's the Jets pass offense versus the commanders pass defense I call this a toddler pillow fight man this is it's the worst (laughs) versus the worst. I mean, there there can't be a softer matchup going up against each other, man. It's like it's like two cooked noodles just slapping into each other here. It's absolutely <laughs> terrible. And but again, when we take a look at this though, I get I get excited about these kind of down and dirty matchups, man, because something crazy is going to happen. And I do really like Garrett Wilson uh, to pop off in this matchup. Meanwhile, on the other side, uh, again, I thought we found a little something with Jacoby Brissett, but Washington seems really hesitant to go in that direction for some reason. And as a result, I think Terry McLaurin uh, might get locked up here by the Jets. You know, the Jets have allowed the fewest receptions and yards to outside wide receivers over the last eight weeks. This despite the fact that they got lit up by Jalen Waddle last week, right? So they have been incredibly good. McLaurin's line of 51 and a half, um, this week looks low. But sadly, I think I'll take the under there. He's been under 51 and a half receiving yards in four of his last five games.
1: Ooh wee! I want to talk about this Lions Vikings Vikings game. You've got T.J. Hawkinson sort of in a revenge spot. Sam Laporta, who has just become the best rookie tight end that I've seen in a long time. Just a very fun matchup. I saw the Vikings blitzing at a higher rate than anyone else in the NFL right now. How yep. does their defense impact the props? to you for the Lions and and like where does that funnel to?
3: Yeah, so the Lions again have been a a relatively soft pass defense, but I think on the ground they've been really, really tough, right? So you take a look at the uh, Detroit Lions against the run and and, and they're you know, top ten, top three, as a matter of fact, in yards per carry allowed to running backs over the last eight weeks. They're top ten in yards after carry. Uh, they're top ten in yards before contact as well. So a really tough rush defense to the Lions have. But again, I think on when we're talking about some of the you know a little bit more no name you know uh, secondary players they've got over there in Detroit. I won't go so far as to say the Kirkland brand, okay? But they're a little bit more no name uh, yeah. dudes there in Detroit. Uh, And yeah, uh, you know, I I think that's where you want to attack if you're Minnesota. And quite frankly, I don't think Mullins looked terrible in that game. I don't I didn't didn't love him there either. But he does have a really good complement of pass catchers to get that passing game moving. And if Detroit is funneling you that way, I do like the player props for some of the receivers there on Minnesota side.
1: What about on the Lions side? You talk about Jared Goff being a little bit shaky on the road. This one's indoors, though. Like, what players for the Lions do you like?
3: Um, Again, I would like Jamison Williams if he just wasn't such a project <laughs> I think Minnesota has been getting burned by outside wide receivers uh, and again we just saw T Higgins go off on these guys right two touchdowns scored for T Higgins eight targets four grams and 61 yards um, and so again I would I want to lean somewhere there on the outside you know whether we're talking about Reynolds or JMO there but you know the offense you know where it's going you know it, it's going to be it's it, it's going to be Amon Ross St. Brown right you know it's going to be Sam Laporta and basically Jared Goff has a, a, a real trouble kind of throwing outside the numbers that's why those guys uh Amon Ross St. Brown and Sam Laporta have been doing well because they work on the inner uh, the intermediate and middle well. part of the fields yeah exact Gibbs too so yeah I, I like those players because again Detroit doesn't really give you a lot of sleepers you know you know what you're going to get with those guys
2: uh, James the Eagles offense struggling a little bit right now do you think this is a good get right spot going against the Giants who I mean the Tommy DeVito experience was fun for a couple weeks he kind of came back down to earth what do you like in this game between uh, Giants and Philly Where now Philly's out to be in a 13 and a half point favorite
3: yeah and, and for that reason i think i like some of the passing assets there uh for new york i i get it you know it, they look bad against new orleans but new orleans pass defense again really really good uh i love 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 darius Slayton. i can't actually believe the lines this low 26 and a half for darius slayton right now philly's bottom eight in both receptions and yards allowed to outside wide receivers slayton at 26 and a half seems awfully low by the way you know, I talk about funnels everywhere and certain teams have certain pass funnels. That's not the case with Philadelphia. They're just bad everywhere. They're bad on the outside. They're bad on the inside. These guys are just completely lost right now. They went from the penthouse to the outhouse in regards to their cornerback play compared last year, comparing last year to this year. That's why I really like Wondell Robinson too. 30 and a half. I think it's a really good number. Um, uh, they're, they're terrible on the outside, but they're really bad on the inside too. And I think Wondell Robinson, Certainly at least two weeks ago, saw built up a little bit of chemistry with uh, with, with Tommy Cutlets. Okay, trademark to be soon, I guess, Tommy Cutlets. Uh, but yeah, I like both Wandale Robinson and Darius Slayton in this one.
0: And I'm surprised he actually hasn't trademarked that yet, although maybe it's in the works and we just don't actually know about it. <laughs> Talking to James Cobb bet MGM tonight. If Tyreek Hill can't go for the Dolphins this weekend, obviously against... Look, a Cowboys team that's got a very potent offense there. Kind of feel like Jalen Waddles the guy you'd lean to. But is there anybody that you could you would see that maybe could have a breakout performance there, maybe get some more touches, get some more targets, more opportunity for Miami if Tyreek Hill is out again? Because it's crazy to think, man, like that that offense really didn't skip a beat against that Jets defense last week without Tyreek Hill.
3: And it really was surprising because, again, I I laid out some of the numbers from the Jets. Uh, They just shut you down on the outside, especially at outside wide receivers. So you're thinking this might be a slow day for Jalen Waddle, but they just kept feeding him targets, and he was absolutely lighting these boys up. You talk about where can the ball go because it's got to go somewhere. I just think they're going to run the ball. Uh, I think Dallas has been a little bit, you know, up and down with their rush defense, uh, certainly in recent weeks. And and I think for me, I think they're going to just try to run that ball. I think there might be a lot more targets to to Devin A-chan, uh a lot more targets to to Mostert. They don't really incorporate too many players in this offense you know they've got a staple they've got their 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 you know bread and butter plays and they just go to that over and over and over again and dare you to stop it and certainly when you take a look at the jets i thought they were gonna stop it and they couldn't i don't think that dallas has the personnel to to stop it either
1: yeah that was crazy i don't know if you saw that hard knocks where mike uh, mccarthy was like Hey, I see a one-pass one, one uh, pass drive here with Jalen Waddle, 70-something yards, right. calls it right before it happens. Joe Mixon's prop set at just 47-and-a-half yards. Jamar Chase separated shoulder. Steelers have given up 68 or more yards to four running backs in the last three games. 16 running backs have hit this number against them this year. Like, are you worried about the last two performances for Joe Mixon, eight for 16 in the first games against Pitt, or do you like him to, to hit this prop here?
3: No, I like him to hit this prop. I, I think the Steelers just in general have kind of sort of given up on the season. And and again, you, you take Shoot. a look at some of the effort level across the board. Uh, the, the vibes are all wrong in the Steel City, man. I think Pittsburgh has literally given up uh, on the season. So, yeah, I really like uh, Cincinnati to kind of sort of come through. Um, and do their thing this week, and and what they're going to do again with no Jamar Chase, they have to lean on the run game. I know they're going to throw a requisite number of bomb shots over to T. Higgins, but I think the 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 staple of this offense has to kind of be shortened underneath. Uh, what I've been really impressed by, actually, uh, with the Cincinnati coaching staff is their uh, ability to kind of sort of adapt on the fly and change their game plan to the personnel that they have, uh, and they've been really good at that this year. I think they do that again against pittsburgh i think they jump out to a nice comfortable i mean even a nine point even a seven eight point lead against pittsburgh feels really comfortable with the way their offense is performing right now i think mason rudolph i don't do the fans there in pittsburgh have like collective like a mandela effect there in pittsburgh like what's going on did you guys not see mason rudolph before he stinks He's absolutely awful. Why are they calling for Mason Rudolph to come back in? It's gonna be, it's gonna be a train wreck. Uh, it's gonna be an absolute dumpster fire offensively for Pittsburgh. I honestly, honestly, I really think that Cincinnati needs to score about 13 points to win this game. Wow. I mean,
0: when you think about it, it's a fan base that's used to having stability at quarterback. So when you don't have that stability, you, you're looking for any sort of hope, any sort of. I mean, it's crazy to look at the Steelers and where they are now. It's. Uh, talking about them missing the playoffs and losing the locker room all that it here we are this is where pittsburgh finally is james co reception perception good podcast stuff, james. good talking to you, man
3: hey always great time
0: i'd actually probably throw packer fans in there too the Packers? You, don't, you don't know what it's like to have a instability yeah but we
3: know
2: we know pain and torture <laughs> that's though. true and we live
0: in wisconsin